I'm Ellie Swift, ex-corporate marketer turned CEO and seven-figure business mentor for high-performing women building and scaling their soul-led, intentional, and profitable online businesses. I've coached hundreds of women to make six, multi-six, and seven figures using my signature Swift marketing method. And in this podcast, I'll teach you the strategy, marketing, and mindset to help you do the same. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I am very excited to introduce you to my incredible guest today. I am going to be chatting with an amazing client, Monique Harding. Monique is currently in my six-figure circle and what she has created over the last five months so far um, has just been absolutely amazing. The reason why I wanted to get her on the podcast specifically was because she has undergone an expansion that so many of my clients over the years have navigated, which is the expansion from therapist or counselor into coach. Now, if you're not a therapist or a counselor, then this episode is still really, really relevant to you, especially when we start speaking to expansion anxiety, which is Mon's specialism. But the thing that I specifically wanted to speak to her in relation to this transition was how she navigated building an online brand when she's had an in-person practice and also transitioning so that she serves people in a one-to-many way through coaching. So she's had a one-to-one practice and is expanding her offer into one-to-many. We had an epic conversation about this. And then we also talked about her expansion anxiety framework, which is a term that she's coined that I absolutely love. And you'll hear my fascination and interest when we dive a little bit deeper into this model later in this episode. Like I said, I know you're going to love Mon. I'll finish up with a little bit of a professional intro of her so that we can then kick off into this episode. Monique is an expansion and mindset coach and psychotherapist with 12 plus years experience supporting thousands of women to overcome psychological conditioning and step into their fully expressed self. She works with her clients through her unique therapeutic coaching model to empower big dreaming women in business to build impenetrable self-belief, override expansion anxiety, and lead with desire as they reach new heights without blowing up their lives. Monique embodies a holistic approach to coaching that's deeply informed by neuroscience, systemic and developmental psychology, and is super passionate about helping women to understand and befriend their nervous system and psychology to achieve sustainable success. I will stop it right there and head on straight into this episode. It's so good. I know you're going to love it. Enjoy getting to know Mon. Hello, Mon. Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm so, so happy to have you here. It feels really special to be here with you today. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. There's two really epic conversations when I was kind of mapping out what I wanted to talk to you about today. I was like, there's two distinct ways that I want to take this conversation. So I think we're just going to dive into both. Something that I just love so much about you is how for someone who's been in business for a little while now, 
you adopt such an amazing beginner's mindset to everything that you do. And you've got this like amazing thirst for learning and for growth. And I talk about this so often that I really believe that people that are successful are people who view themselves as lifelong learners. And that's definitely true for you. And what I love about your story, and I know a lot of our listeners are going to find resonance in, is the fact that you have had this transition across multiple brands. You've had your therapy business and still have your incredible therapy business with Mm -hmm. super long wait list. And you've also made the transition into the online space and then built upon that as well over the last couple of years. So can you just kick off by sharing a little bit about that story from, you know, therapy through to the online space as well? And feel free to speak to some of the challenges that you've come up against along the way too. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to because it has been such a process. And I think what you were touching on before is such an important piece in it is that idea of always seeing yourself as somebody that is open to new learnings, that is open to that, you know, growth edge to new wisdom has served me really well, regardless of what stage or season I've been in. I opened my therapy like bricks and mortar practice whilst I was actually still working in a hospital mental health formal setting. So kind of played the safe zone there for a while in terms of splitting my days part-time, part-time time. I've always been a big believer, Ellie, in I guess like listening to the messages that come through and whether that's like a universal thing or a spiritual thing, I'm not entirely sure. But being in that space, particularly during the pandemic, was a really interesting time, you know, seeing clients in person and it just really reinforced to me, I guess, the common humanity that we all experience, the common struggles. And I must admit, I found that I was having very similar conversations with people day to day. You know, I've worked in that setting now for coming up to six years. And, you know, over time, if you're, you're seeing eight to 10 clients a day and there's very similar issues coming up, I was thinking, goodness, there's got to be something in this, right? Like there has to be something about bringing people together so that they feel less alone, that they can learn from each other, that we can all expand as a, as a collective. So I guess then the, the online component side of things, one came from the normalization of online business from being in a pandemic and seeing my industry really shift into modalities like telehealth and Zoom. And also just from this like real inner niggle within me that was very values-based, to be honest, that kind of just felt like, well, I'm actually doing a disservice to my clients by not making that leap now. And I've always been a really big believer in that, you know, following that value space. That was what kind of led me to build more of a social media following. It was never about marketing for me either. It was about adding value. I thought, well, if I can inspire one person today to ask a different question to themselves or to try something slightly different in terms of their mental well-being and their self-development, then I'm serving people. So good. I want to just draw attention to what you said before about when you're serving people over and over and over again in a one-to-one setting Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm a broken record, but I'm the only person that knows I'm a broken record because I'm literally saying this one-to-one-to-one. 
that's when you know that it is time to move to group, right? And combining that with the fact that you're fully booked or you're close to fully booked. And so for everyone that's listening, I just really wanted to highlight that piece because that is such a clear indicator that you're operating in a way where you've really got your signature framework, your style, your way of serving your clients down. Mm. And you know that you're also attracting a certain type of client again and again and again, and you're serving them in a similar way. And obviously with nuance and bespoke Mm -hmm. strategies, because we're of course all incredibly different, but that's just such a great indicator of, okay, maybe it is time for me to move to a one-to-many format. If that's something that feels good for me, does that feel true for you? Absolutely. And I think something that I am constantly leaning into more and more, particularly over the last year, is that this is a very Western society specific belief, right? That we do therapy or do personal development or we grow individually one-on-one sitting with an expert. This doesn't happen in other cultures. Like they get together collectively, they learn through story. And I've really been embracing that and it's been serving me, I think, incredibly well and the women that I work with because I now come to my containers and my programs from that place of facilitator rather than expert. And yes, I step into expertise, but I do not see myself as that, you know, doctor walking in with my white cloak that has all of the answers. I so agree with you. It is a big mindset shift, isn't it? When you move into that dynamic and ultimately I really believe that this is a shift that we're having across so many different industries. I mean, I even think about the decline of the celebrity, for example, in Mm. pop culture and how micro influencers are becoming so much more popular. You know, the visual in my mind right now is we want to be in a circle rather than in a hierarchy. That's just the structure of where we want to be in terms of, you know, how we show up in our work, the way we relate to one another. And so this kind of group format or mastermind format is something that lends itself so well to that. And I so agree with you knowing that you get to serve people and you don't have to put on a hat. You don't have to change who you are. It's the most freeing way of doing business. I certainly feel that when I step into mastermind rooms as well. Absolutely. I think it's so beautiful being able to bring all of you in a really authentic way. And I think that as well has informed this more recent transition for me outside of that kind of traditional therapist role into more of the coaching work, because I've really wanted to bring all of myself. I don't want to have to shut off these parts that I know that are really valuable. And I want to bring the experience I have from being a yoga teacher in LA. I want to bring the experience I have from learning cultural practices from when I lived in Bolivia. I want to bring my corporate experience in, you know, it's, it almost feels like this space now gives me an opportunity to integrate all of me and draw on those parts without those, you know, what can sometimes be very rigid restrictions that are placed upon you in a a counselling context. Yes. So let's talk about the challenges then of, so you said, you know, that rigidity in a counselling context coming into an unregulated coaching industry and the online space. Can you share with us like some of the challenges that you've navigated as you've made this transition? Like what's been really, really hard? 
I'm just going to go for the two biggest things that come up and they probably have both been a bit of a mixture of marketing and mindset. And a part of it is to do with that bricks and mortar to online, but also relates to therapy versus coaching kind of world as well. And that is that in my little shopfront clinic in Burley Heads, my ideal client or person that is attracted to me is largely determined by demographics. Right. Mm. Throughout my work, I've kind of molded who comes to me based on my expertise. And I think that has really informed a lot of my identity as well within my practice. And in the online space, it's this huge, big world. How do you stand out? Who are you speaking to? And I think for me, a huge learning has been when I speak to everyone or when I try to include everyone and be overly inclusive, I speak to no one. And that didn't feel true for me in my therapy practice at all, because largely I think I would kind of weed people out or they wouldn't be attracted to me just based on that location parameter. The other big thing I think that has been a huge learning in that shift has been in the therapy world, you're kind of the blank slate. It's a very old school mentality around what you bring of yourself into a relationship with a client, which hasn't been updated, let me say you, to for a very long time. So this was all scripted, devised back pre-social media, pre my clients being able to search for me online and finding out kind of what they want to know scenario. So it has been a huge shift in thinking in mindset for me to even be embracing that past story, for me to be thinking that people are even interested in that, are interested in anything but my expertise. It might not seem like that now on my socials because I feel like I'm in my marketing because I'm really embodying that and I just believe it to be such an important part of what I bring to my community and to my work now. But that has actually been a big journey for me to get to this point now because for so long I was so fixated on the four pieces of paper that I've got up on my wall. I love that you shared that. I was hoping (laughs) that you were going to share that. I have the privilege of knowing that you've been like, this feels like shit sometimes, you know, like really, really speaking to when that's hard, but you wouldn't know that because you're showing up anyway. Mm. And that's the really amazing thing about what you just shared is that yes, it's felt hard. There's been moments where it's like, how much do I share? What do I share? What stories do I tell here? And I know you're still playing with that as you continue in your business. I mean, we all are right to Mm -hmm. constantly play with that. What are the stories I'm sharing? What's the version of me that's showing up online? What does authenticity look like? What parts am I omitting? Like they're all questions we're constantly asking, but instead of sitting in that and not taking any action, you've shown up consistently through that process and really guided yourself through it. And so again, for anyone that's listening, please allow that to be your permission slip because Mm. too many people are using that as a reason to not move forward and to stop yourself from putting yourself out there, from doing any kind of marketing. Yeah, I've always been a big believer in taking small steps of action, but also giving myself full permission to turn back around scared and stop at where I was before <laughs> if if I need to, right? Like I'm not a big pendulum swinger. I don't love the idea of, you know, 
a big move from where I'm feeling really safe to somewhere that takes my nervous system into total dysregulation. I really try to think about everything on this continuum of me taking these small steps of action and movement towards where I need to go and knowing that I do that in a way that feels quite safe, but also scary, but it will get me to where I need to go, right? It might take a little bit longer, but I'm also in no rush to get there. Honestly, the number of people that say to me, I want quick success or I want quick growth, or I want to go from 10 K months to hundred K months. And obviously this is a different reality knowing that you've already built a very successful multi six figure business. But when I hear that, I often go, is that what you really want? Because Mm. do you know what's required of you to have quick success like that? Do you know what that is going to look like for your life, for your relationships, for your body? Because it's Mm. going to be big, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like that quick growth can be very dysregulating because you are expanding so quickly and not to say that that's not possible because it absolutely is, but I am so for the slightly slower, but still exponential growth, which is very much what I see with you. I think you're maybe like being slightly hard on yourself when you say that, because I still think that you you grow quickly and you evolve really quickly, but you do so in a way, as you say, where you maintain that safety for yourself, which is just really, really smart. Yeah. And I think that's because to me, the action has to be integrated with your self-knowing. You know, I wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't have incredible self-belief why would I leave something that is working so well to, you know, pursue this values-based kind of project or other avenue of my business? You know, it's, I think sometimes I look at a, a lot of other women in business and I admire them so much because they're building something kind of from the ground up, right? But there's necessity there often. Like I need to build it because I need to make the money to support my family. Whereas I've kind of been quite comfortable in that I'm supported by this other avenue. So naturally, I'm going to be able to be a bit more playful, I think, and embody those kind of ways of thinking and yeah, mindset kind of tools in taking it step by step. I'm interrupting this episode for just a minute to tell you more about how you can be coached by me in 2022. So the way that I coach my clients to build six-figure and multi-six-figure businesses is through my two well-known mastermind programs, SwiftMind and Six Figure Circle. If you're a coach, creative, or a consultant wanting to build a six-figure, multi-six, or seven-figure business, then I'd absolutely love to support you. The next round starts in September 2022, and we often sell out before announcing to the public. If you want to save a space, you need to be on the wait list. So to do that, just jump on over now to elliswift.com forward slash mastermind. Let's dive back into the episode. So this leads us really beautifully into something that you talk about a lot with your clients and a term that you've coined, which I love so (laughs) much. And I really want to speak to, which is expansion anxiety. So can you share first and foremost, like what the bloody hell is it? And then we can dive into it a little more. 
I would love to. And I guess I call myself a expansion coach. Perhaps I'm actually an expansion anxiety coach. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the next iteration. Who knows? But expansion anxiety, essentially, it is a term that I have developed to encompass this phenomena that I have observed through both my qualitative research as well as my work with mainly women over the last decade in what they experience when they're expanding, when they're up-leveling, when they're growing into a new iteration, a new level of success, a new level of abundance within their business or within their life. And is typically as a result of our nervous system being dysregulated and being unconsciously kicked into safety mode. So I kind of took the phenomena that I was just kind of referring to as a term, and then I've developed it a layer further into these four main archetypes in terms of how people typically express their expansion anxiety. And that's through these four Ps. So the perfectionist, the projector, the procrastinator, and the pacifier. Each of those you will likely meet at a different level of your business journey. Because that's what happens in business, right? It's not a typical trajectory. It's not A to Z. It's almost like a spiral. Like you'll meet new edges of level of growth as you continue to try new things. And I think business ownership, entrepreneurship at its core is so incredibly dysregulating for our nervous system. We are asked to try new things constantly, to step outside of our comfort zone, to do things that perhaps, you know, are very unfamiliar to us. And when you understand the brain, which that's one thing I think I can own that I, you know, I'm a bit of a brain expert, right? Like I I know a lot about neuroscience and when you understand how it works in terms of its preference for familiarity and always seeking what's familiar as a way to keep us safe, this all just makes so much sense because I can give you the best strategy, the best marketing tool, the most amazing money mindset book And yet you won't go and implement those things because your nervous system is saying to you that it's not safe to embody it. And so whilst with my clients, I will always take the express route where possible, but often I need to take the scenic route because it's necessary. And that means doing this nervous system regulation in conjunction with the strategy work, with the radical action with the behavioral intervention of do this, do this, do this, because the two need to be married together for it to be sustainable. I'm obsessed with this. How do we know if we're in expansion anxiety? Like what are some signs? Your signs will be different depending on which of these archetypes you are. So the perfectionist, their tendency is to overwork right? Take on more, do another course, think that you need to create another project. Oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z before I launch the new service or the new product. I think I know which type I am already. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then each of them as well, though, to give you some hope, has their own unique antidote and their own unique strengths that you can harness. So for a perfectionist, your antidote is self-belief and self-celebration. So they Mm. would be the things that I'd be working on to support you to move out of that. Going deep rather than broad, focusing on self-celebration every single day so that that becomes your familiar point of focus. 
Your projectors, they have a tendency to seek outside. So they tend to be more other focused. They seek a lot of advice. They might find themselves comparing on social media to other people. Oh, I'm a mindset coach. I might just check what every other mindset coach is putting out there in terms of content and then base my content on that. Mm-hmm. And so for the projectors, their antidote is self-connection. So connecting back in with your own intuition, what you know to be true, what's your inner wisdom, being selective with who you turn to and what you consume. Procrastinators, they have a tendency to overthink. So they get stuck in that overthinking cycle, which kind of then becomes like a bit of a permission slip to stay stuck, right? Because the dopamine in our brain actually gets a release as we're thinking. So it thinks that you're being productive when you're actually not. So their antidote then is going to be one of self-leadership. So reviewing your self-boundaries, getting clear on how you use your time. And finally, the pacifier. So they have a tendency to overindulge. They're the the avoiders, right? So we tend to numb out, scroll on social media, turn to the fridge, open the bottle of wine pre 5pm or whatever an acceptable hour is. And so for them, I'd be working with them around self-trust and self-accountability and connecting with their values, positive self-talk. So really bringing it back in within themselves and learning how to self-soothe. Do you find that people have elements of each as part of their personality? Absolutely. And I think depending on the expansion or the growth edge or the upper limit that you're navigating, it may trigger one of those archetypes more than another. And this is where I almost think of myself as working at the intersection between therapy and coaching. I'm coining it therapeutic coaching as of a week ago. Because then we can dive into, well, where have those blocks come from? You have to have such deep self-awareness in this work to know yourself, to know those historical parts. Because, of course, literally all your brain is doing moment to moment in each day is scanning the environment, what's familiar, what's not, what do I need to focus on, what don't I? And so if it's then honing in on something that is familiar from your past that really is not serving you right now, we need to know what that is, right? To be able to kind of restory, to re-script at a deeper level so that you don't find yourself stuck in it now. Yes. Something you will have heard me say, and I've definitely said on the podcast before is the concept of like new level, same devil. Mm. So what I find with so many clients, and I'm so curious to know if you find this as well, is that we go to these new levels and it's the old stuff that's coming up for us, the old stories, the old patterning, the old limiting beliefs. And it's so fascinating when that happens because so often what we can tend to do, right, is we go, well, obviously I'm not cut out for this next level because I thought I moved through and processed this 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever else. When you're working with your people in this model, Do you find that people are coming up against the same types of things again and again and again? Or I love that you said as well that depending on the type of expansion, it can vary. Mm, I agree with you, this new level, same devil kind of idea. However, it does seem to be slightly different each time. Mm. When I think about change or progress, I don't think about it as being the absence of something. There's kind of three ways that I look to see if someone is changing, improving, developing, and that is 
well, are we at this stuck point and has the duration of time that you're in it, has that shifted? Are you in it for a slightly less amount of time? Has the intensity decreased a bit? All of a sudden, are you not having to turn to numbing out for two hours and did you catch yourself doing it within the first 10 minutes? That's huge progress, isn't it? Or is the frequency less? So maybe you're still on your entrepreneurial journey and you're continuing to reach new heights in your business, but this is the first time that you've actually felt deeply into this experience in three months, whereas when you started, perhaps you were navigating that every day. So it changes, but very subtly. I love that. What are the triggers of expansion? So just just to give example to this, when I hear you speak about expansion in this context, my brain goes to launches, setting goals. And on that note, actually, what do you find is the relationship between expansion and pressure? Because with entrepreneurs, specifically with female entrepreneurs. And I find that there's expansion or stress or anxiety that comes as the result of doing the scary thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's also expansion anxiety. I'm going to use your term, even though I don't know if I'm using it correctly. So <laughs> tell me if I'm not, that comes from setting the goal, deciding you're doing the thing, even building the pressure around it. So for example, investing in a program, having to have had the conversation with maybe your husband that you're investing in the program, putting pressure on yourself that you then have to succeed from that. Do you find that both of those things come up And again, is there anything that we can do to just be mindful of that pressure piece? Because Mm. it's something that, especially right now, I'm just seeing so, so much is this just putting mass pressure on yourself when it just doesn't need to be there. I think both of those have to play a part, right? Because if you think about anxiety or nervous system dysregulation, it doesn't just come now from being chased by a tiger. Like it comes from psychological triggers. And so because of the nature of how we've evolved in terms of how we live our life, then both of those are going to equally trigger expansion anxiety when you are faced with pressure or faced with actually doing the thing itself. In fact, you're getting to the point of committing to it psychologically, mentally, from a mindset perspective, can sometimes be more difficult than you actually doing the thing itself, right? Like you think about that old analogy of how you can spend two weeks pre-dentist just absorbed in anxiety and worried about what the dental visit's going to be, but then the actual experience of being there is not that bad. Like we create it within our minds and, I mean, the mind and the body are constantly communicating to each other. And so if that sense of safety is compromised, then it will naturally then trigger these kind of behaviors. And so the biggest thing I would say, and this is why I'm so passionate about working more holistically with business owners in not just necessarily focusing in on the business area of their life, but what's happening in your relationships, what's happening in your family, what structures and supports do you have to take you to this next level that you're wanting to get to? Because my experience prior to stepping into this world and working with women more therapeutically has been, you know, they're very high achieving in their business, but often they're doing so blowing up their life. 
Mm. So they're dissatisfied in their marriage or they're coming to see me for couples therapy or they're not feeling like they're showing up as they want to in their parenting and then there's all of this guilt and shame that's being created around that. So it's often like this systemic pressure as well that comes with it. So it might look on the surface like it's the pressure of this new launch but it's actually all of the other pressure around, well, what do I believe that I need to do or be in order to do that next thing that's giving the expansion anxiety? So one, really reviewing all of that in terms of like across my life, across all of the systems that I live and love in, how am I being supported or how can I be supported to move forward? And the second thing I would say is around just knowing your own level of activation. It is so essential to know your own nervous system. Like I would say that I am quite a high energy, more of an anxious temperament. So for me, sitting in the morning in silence, there is nothing worse. Like my brain would just be like, ah, like I need to go and have a big release, go for a run, go to Pilates, get my movement done. And then I can center. I have that cortisol release that goes. And then I come back to a baseline and I can throw myself into journaling, into work, sit with the tea out in the sun, no problems at all. But that's because I know my nervous system so well. Yeah. Whereas I think for so many women, like we just haven't had the opportunity to do that piece of work. It's so true. You touched on women who might have these thriving businesses, but there's other things in their life that maybe they're not as supported in or Mm. aren't necessarily working as well. And I just want to finish on this because what I know about you from having the privilege of knowing you is that you have a really beautiful life. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you have a really beautiful marriage. You have really beautiful children. You have, and you know, that's not to say that, you know, you don't have challenges or things that come up. I feel teary the way you just responded to that. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's not to say that we don't all have our stuff, but I just wanted to speak to, you know, you've really got life worked out for you in a way that really serves and supports you. So for anyone who maybe has the belief even if it's subconscious that they can't have it all, what would you say to them? I think number one, I haven't always believed it was possible. So I just want to really normalize that, that if you are in perhaps a a season of your life where things are feeling a little bit unbalanced, my biggest piece of advice would be to really be tuning into what matters most to you and then assessing where you're investing your time in order to actualize that. Boundaries are so important in the online business world. That's one thing I've learned. I could close my clinic door a couple of years ago and leave at five o'clock and come home and be with my family. My computer sits within our kind of living space at the moment. We're like wild reno zone over here. So it's available to me all the times. I have to know so deeply what is important to me and also asking those people, like how do my children feel most loved by me? How does my husband feel most loved by me? What actually lights me up and gives me energy to be able to support those parts of my life that bring me so much joy? And look for those people as well as for inspiration. Think, going back to what we touched on before around your brain seeks what's familiar. So if you can associate yourself with those kind of people, if you can get in a room with expansive women who believe these things to be possible, 
you will just start to integrate that within yourself. You will naturally start to communicate differently. You will feel more deserving of asking for what you need. And then that in itself actually shifts the belief of knowing what's possible as well. So good. Mon, how can everyone find out more about you and your work and work with you? The best place to find me at the moment is over on Instagram at Monique Harding underscore. And the best way to work with me is I've actually got my waitlist open currently for my new six month mastermind, Rising Femme, which is all about overriding expansion anxiety, developing impenetrable self belief, and really working on yourself as the center of your business, expanding into all areas of your life. So yeah, very exciting. Come on over, come have a chat. I'm in my DMs. Would love to chat and connect with you all. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being here. I've loved this conversation so much. Thanks so much, Ellie. My pleasure.